0: It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Wednesday, a sunny Wednesday. And here's, and I, I don't know, guys, I didn't, I didn't realize this. And maybe you guys did yesterday, but not only was it Cinco de Mayo, but it was Taco Tuesday. So we had a double whammy. I don't know if you guys had a chance to celebrate that. Well, I had uh, leftover enchiladas at home. Does, okay. does that count? Yeah, it absolutely does. Bob?
1: I was near a couple of Cinco de Mayo celebrations that really? were taking place, and I was moved by it, okay. and uh, okay. enjoyed that.
0: Well, good. As long as you were moved by it, I guess that that's, uh, that's really <laughs> all that matters. I, I just didn't know that it was both of those at the same time, and it's just a special thing. So anyway, Scott Foster here along with Jason and Bob and Susan Littlefield as we get things going to talk about what's going to happen in the next couple hours. Let's check in with Susan first of all.
2: Thanks, Scott. Here's a look at the midday coming from the farm team. Chibella will kick it all off talking about ethanol at 1219. Then I'll be talking with the president of Winfield United at 1245 as he talks about the work that they've been doing amongst COVID-19, how they're keeping their patrons and their cooperatives on the safer side. And then Alex will wrap everything up at 117 with an introductory field scout training. That's the midday from the farm team.
0: All right. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate your time. We'll turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now. Husker men's basketball going after a uh, big guy. Plan B.
3: Yeah. Uh, after plan A, decided to go to UConn. Uh, that's what happens. Although, if you start to break down Nebraska basketball, has been a long time through numerous head coaches with Nebraska has been able to land a true, impactful big man.
0: Boy, oh
3: yikes! You go back to almost Vincent Hamilton, you know. Well, they did have Alex March. In March, I forgot about Alex. He came from Australia. He was, he was but he was good. Uh, it's, it's been a while. It now, has. Coach Hoiberg's system—you don't exactly need a you know big dude in the middle. You mm-hmm. need more of the lanky pick and pop guys on Man. the outside. But still, in the big Ten, big Ten, you want to have some timber inside. So we'll tell you what's up with Husker basketball a story we've told you before. They missed out on a recruit and I'm trying for plan B. Also, it sounds like uh, five of the six seniors who were on the Nebraska baseball team, including a couple of kids from Kearney, will apply and hopefully have a chance to play again next year for Nebraska. As Coach Will Bolt talked about that earlier this week, so that's, that's good to see. Yeah, that uh, is
0: good. Uh, good.
3: Because they came out and said, uh, the NCAA came out and said it's basically up to each school whether they want to invite those seniors back or not. That's not exactly a done deal. And uh, give it to the NFL. They always seem to be one step ahead of the curve. They've already come up with the plan in order to refund tickets if the season does not happen. Really? Okay. Unlike Major League Baseball, which has been sued now. They're part of a class action suit by some folks who had purchased tickets for spring training and also for the regular season. They want their money back. Sure. We're wow. still fighting over that. Boy, that stuff.
0: Alright. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jason. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan now and stocks uh, up a little bit, well kind of mixed again.
1: Stocks kind of mixed, kind of up a little bit uh, amid more depressing economic data. Private employers cut more jobs than economists expected. So we have a private survey out from ADP and then also the government will come out with its own um, uh, job report tomorrow. Also General Motors made some money surprisingly in the first quarter um so that's kind of surprising and uber is going to lay off a whole bunch of employees all right that's all coming up on mid the 2020 Census is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum.
4: Join us Tuesday, May 19th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain on 880 KRVM. Guests include Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, UNK Professor Dr. Peter Longo, a representative from the Center of Public Affairs, and more. We'll learn about the importance of the Census, the impacts on rural communities, notably on the agricultural sector, challenges faced by officials to ensure everyone is counted, and more. The 2020 Census on the next Rural Radio Forum
0: it's time for us to check in on our weather and see how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world paul perkins in here today with us and a bright shiny day over much of nebraska that's for sure
4: yes uh, the lone exception about the eastern mm-hmm. third of nebraska Especially for long and east of Highway 281, uh, O'Neill down to York and Beatrice and points off towards east. Still some scanner clouds, but that sunshine gradually making its way towards your area. Most of us with temperatures right now mid to upper 50s, so pretty agreeable day all in all.
0: Yeah, it's an agreeable day. It's not
4: a day you're going to go outside and go, (laughs) wow,
0: it's a little chilly. There's a chill in the air, but uh, we'll take it.
4: Exactly, a little bit below (laughs) normal, and luckily those winds on the lighter side for today. Uh, Slightly cooler than usual for today, but with some sunshine and lighter north winds, all thanks to high pressure settling in, could see some scattered rain and might be an isolated thunderstorm for tonight through tomorrow night as some weak disturbances track to the southeast. Those chances are likely for some scattered rain in central and eastern areas during the day tomorrow with the cloud cover a little more prevalent in central and eastern areas. Total rain amounts going to be very light with these systems, ranging from a tenth to a quarter of an inch if we do see any rain. In between systems on Friday, we will be mainly cloud-free with some light winds. Now Saturday, the next disturbance descends from Canada with a small chance for rain and possibly an isolated thunderstorm again. Saturday night into Mother's Day looks to be dry before we see the arrival of small chances of rain. And you may want to cover your ears for this next word, snow, Sunday night into Tuesday. But nothing to worry about with any travel problems or accumulations. Uh, Just some light snow at best, some small chances of rain and snow in the forecast for Sunday night into Tuesday. Wouldn't be May in Nebraska if we didn't see a few, maybe snowflakes floating around yet one last time? Right. Our daytime highs will cool to about 10 to 15 degrees below normal for Mother's Day through Tuesday. Also looking at the potential of multiple chances of patchy frost tomorrow night through Monday night as overnight lows cool down into the 30s. The building ridge of high pressure by Tuesday should finally allow temperatures to return to near or slightly above normal by the middle part of next week. In our long-term forecast, temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas the early half of next week likely to be cooler than normal. Late next week through May 19th, temperatures expected to trend a little more seasonal or near normal. Rainfall for Monday through the 19th in Nebraska and Kansas near normal to slightly above normal. Soil temperatures at 7 this morning and at the 4-inch depth. As cool as the low 40s in the Panhandle, the rest of Nebraska with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Kansas soil temperatures in the low to mid 50s. Key weather factors in the market include a strong cold wave in the central U.S. over the weekend and continued rain chances for the Black Sea region. Unusually cool weather will continue to dominate east of the Rockies through next week. The late-season cool spell should peak in most areas over the weekend. Widespread freezes can be expected from the northern plains into the northeast as well as large sections of the Midwest, Appalachians, and Ohio Valley. Frost and freezes may threaten summer crops, including corn and soybeans, but the slow emergence and development should help to limit the susceptibility to any freeze injury. In the southern Midwest, the cool air will be preceded by moderate rain late this week. That combination in the Midwest could bring fieldwork and planting delays. Some crop loss and force-free planting also a possibility. The southern plains mainly dry through the end of the week. Notably, cool weather this weekend will bear some watching for possible impact on reproductive winter wheat. Moderate rain is in the forecast towards the southern plains early next week, including the drier western areas. Across the Black Sea region, periods of moderate scattered rain will continue through Friday in Ukraine and through the weekend in Russia to ease their dryness. One to two inches and locally more in Russia this week could reverse much of the dryness.
0: Well, if you're planning a cookout for Mother's Day, you yeah. might uh, want to dress in layers. Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: High is only in the 50s for most of us over the weekend. Uh, 50s and low 60s, probably if you go farther to the south. But mm-hmm. a lot of us in Nebraska in the mid to upper 50s over the weekend.
0: And that north wind was cutting yesterday, too. <laughs> so it, it we'll probably see some of that, too. As we go.
4: Exactly. A bit of a cool spell, but it looks like starting to break off by the middle part of next week. Okay. All right,
0: that's good. We'll accept that. Thank you,
4: Paul. <laughs> I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather at krbn.com.
5: District.
6: With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. The ethanol industry received some good news on May 4th when the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced a $100 million grant program for activities designed to expand the availability and sale of higher blends of ethanol like E15 and E85. Troy Bradenkamp, Executive Director of Renewable Fuels Nebraska, says they are pretty excited to see the Higher Blends Infrastructure Incentive Program.
7: What it will do eventually, and it's, it's nothing that will happen uh, in the short term, but certainly mid to long term, it is a good thing for Nebraska's ethanol in industry and it will help pay, uh, through grants and funding assistance for those retailers out there to put in advanced biofuel infrastructure, blender pumps, uh, things that are going to have higher blends of uh, biofuels. And that's going to eventually be a very good thing.
6: It is good news, but like Braden Camp says, it won't help the ethanol plants or the corn growers in the short term. And Bart Mosman, president and CEO of Farmers Cooperative at Hemingford, says the lack of demand for ethanol is putting pressure on the Corn Belt.
8: We're seeing some pretty, pretty wide basis levels in a lot of areas. You know, the, the futures market is also depressed because of that too. I mean, it's just you know this whole market is just looking at a, at a lot of demand that's not going to be there because. Because ethanol has, has slowed down so much, um, it's kind of held together in our region pretty decently. Um, you know, the the local Bridgeport ethanol plant is—they uh, did slow down a little bit, but I think they're back up to about 100 percent of their grind. So that's that's really good news.
6: While some ethanol plants are able to carry on, Braden Camp says the industry is in need, like many other parts of agriculture.
7: As you're aware, there was about 19 billion dollars. Uh, allocated for agriculture uh, to help with uh, COVID-type crisis issues. Uh, Of that $19 the ethanol industry saw zero dollars. So we have yet to see any kind of direct federal assistance uh, while we have probably half of the industry right now in an idled state and the portion that is continuing to run is losing anywhere from 30 to 50 cents a gallon for every gallon that they're producing right now.
6: The situation is interesting. As Braden Camp says, the ethanol industry finds itself without a home during the COVID-19 crisis.
7: The information I have heard uh, from many within USDA is that they they recognize there's an issue. They recognize we're having a challenge. But for some reason, USDA, including Secretary Purdue, does not view ethanol as their responsibility, quote unquote. They see us as a fuel, a transportation fuel, and they're indicating to us that any assistance for our industry needs to come from the Department of Energy and not from USDA.
6: Braden Camp says the biofuel industry is directly tied to the USDA, including with the Biofuels Infrastructure Program. He adds the Department of Energy has never been a fan of biofuels and is not likely to reach out to the industry. Braden Camp says they are now asking for direct assistance.
7: It is a pretty critical time for us and it's a huge challenge. Uh, What we're asking for is direct assistance in terms of some sort of price support or direct uh, payment uh, just to get us over this hurdle and to get us until we start seeing higher demand. Uh, We're going to need that kind of assistance to make sure that the industry doesn't collapse altogether.
6: Braden Camp says they hope Congress can help them with getting the direct assistance for the biofuels industry. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman.
1: It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason.
3: Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, in the world of recruiting, if someone says no, that opens up the door for someone else. Just hours after losing its top target for 2020, the Nebraska men's basketball coaching staff was already well underway in trying to find other options for its final open scholarship. Apparently, head coach Fred Hoiberg held a virtual visit with Hargrave Military School Center Gabe Winsinger last night. Now, he's originally as a player the Huskers first offered back in April of 2019. Nebraska's now turned its full attention to the six foot eleven, 240 pounder, not only as a 2020 recruit, but also as a possible reclassification option for this year. He's considered to be a three-star recruit by Rivals.com. Well, nearly every senior from Nebraska's baseball team appears set to make another go of it for next spring. Head coach Will Bolt this week announced that five of the program's six seniors will take advantage of the blanket waiver afforded to any spring sport athletes who wish to retain their eligibility. Now, Four of the returning seniors were regulars in last year's lineup, including first baseman Ty Roseberry from Kearney, along with center fielder Joe Acker, left fielder Mojo Haggy, and catcher Luke Roscombe. Also, the other was left-hander Garrett Stroth from Kearney. Of course, he opened up as a Friday night starter for the Huskers in a couple of games in February before injuring his elbow. Next season will be his sixth in college after setting out the 2019 campaign as a transfer from Purdue. Former Nebraska wideout Quincy Anunua and Josh Bellamy have been placed on the reserve physically unable to perform list by the New York Jets. Those moves effectively ended each of the players' seasons four months before the opener is actually scheduled. Anunua has struggled with neck injuries the past couple of years. While planning to play a full regular season schedule, the NFL, just in case, has formulated a ticket refund plan for canceled games or those that have to be held without fans, and a memo sent out to all 32 teams by Commissioner Roger Goodell. It's basically a uniform baseline for full refunds on any tickets purchased directly from the clubs. Now, as for the secondary market, the league received pledges from Ticketmaster and SeatGeek to make full refunds available for all ticket sales within no more than 30 days of cancellation. StubHub, however, will do so only where required by state law. Now, the NFL is scheduled to reveal its 2020 regular season schedule with a three-hour television program tomorrow night. The season is set to kick off on September 10th. And that's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen.
9: Food Bank for the Heartland, in partnership with Lexington Public Schools, will host a free drive-up mobile food pantry for individuals and families in need in Dawson County and surrounding communities. There are no requirements to attend. The event will be held tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Dawson County Fairgrounds in Lexington. Food Bank for the Heartland Communications Manager, Angie Groti on what will be distributed.
6: The community packs are
10: 28-pound prepackaged boxes filled with a variety of, of non-perishable staple items. Um, fresh produce and sliced bread will also be offered. Um, and the local pantry um, will be a drive-up distribution method um, to prioritize the health and safety of the community during this time. So individuals and families who come to the mobile pantry, um, they are able to stay in their vehicles and volunteers will help to direct traffic there at the Dawson County Fairgrounds and also load the food for them.
9: More than 670 community packs will be available. Members of the Nebraska National Guard assembled the community packs at Food Bank for the Heartland in Omaha. Nebraska health officials have reported four more COVID-19 deaths in the state, bringing the state's total since the outbreak to 82. The Department of Health and Human Services reported the new deaths late on Tuesday, and the department says two of the deaths occurred in Hall County and a third in neighboring Adams County. Officials did not yet immediately reveal the location of the fourth death. Nebraska has confirmed more than 6,400 coronavirus cases as of Wednesday morning according to the state's online coronavirus tracking portal. More than 36,000 people have been tested, with nearly 29,700 testing negative for the virus. After an investigation from the Center of Public Integrity found that many states can prevent individuals with disabilities from accessing ventilators, U.S. Senator Ben Sass states that there is a need to protect Americans with disabilities.
4: In a truly shocking number of states, Americans with disabilities can be just sent to the back of the line for ventilators. It's an abhorrent practice. Human dignity matters. And disabilities, like Down syndrome, don't determine the right to life. Congress can't rewrite state laws, but we can regulate the strategic national stockpile of ventilators.
9: SAS adds that it is Congress's moral obligation to prevent discrimination during a crisis. And one day, after saying that the COVID-19 task force would be winding down, President Donald Trump says it would continue on indefinitely, but focus on rebooting the economy. Trump's reversal in a tweet on Wednesday comes as deaths in New York, the epicenter of the virus, are declining, but rising in the rest of the United States. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson.
2: We can tell by the latest numbers from the USDA, the planting 2020 is in full swing and in some areas actually breaking records. But how do we do this amongst the COVID-19 era that we're in? Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Brett Bergerman is president of Winfield United. He and I talked about what Winfield is doing to keep their customers and their cooperatives safe.
5: So great question, Susan. A couple, three things. Number one is, um, you know, we continue to refine and, and get better with our best practices as far as social distancing and and with all the different ASCs and all the different operations. I think people have kind of become this is the this is the way of life, right? And uh, and I think people have adjusted well to that. The second thing is is we got ahead of this probably. Um, Back in late February, early March, and basically said, let's take the attitude of instead of normally with seven billion dollars of agronomy products across the coast, let's, let's take a little bit of what I would call instead of just in time, just in case. And you got to be careful, obviously, with prices the way they are, so you don't add a bunch of costs. But we really got ahead of it, um, and, and started early stocking. And then I would say probably the last piece that's really helped just the table stakes of the company is around market intel, Susan. Um, you know, last week we had a couple different advisory calls with uh, cooperative CEOs and general managers, another couple with agronomy managers, and then our sales group um, has a weekly conversation. And, you know, a lot of market intel floating around to say, how do we cascade that market intel down? And basically, the virtual or the digital capability has helped us probably do that better than what we have in the past. We can always get better, but we've, uh, we've cascaded that down and it's really become part of our value proposition. So, um, you know, I think the second half of the season will be the true test of how we get through this piece and, and mainly because the grower of tomorrow is saying, okay, how do I spoon feed this crop? Commodity prices are where they are. And, and how do I, how do I monitor that crop and make sure every input that I put on that ground season has a return? And so I think the second half of the season will be the true test for the overall channel.
2: But do you think setting the tone like you guys have done so early on maybe has put these producers at ease and the different co-ops at ease because you don't have that panic feel?
5: Yeah, I, I do. It does help. But I would also say this, you know, growing up in a farm in Carroll County, Iowa, um, and just staying in contact with my brother-in-laws and things that... And, and also staying in contact with customers, this whole pressure on energy, the whole pressure on livestock, um, you know, it, it's one of those pieces where I think the grower is probably has less anxiety around supply chain and for sure less anxiety, to your point, about getting in the crop in the optimum soil conditions. We really haven't had a spring like this for four or five years. But I also think it's, it's weighing on them and it's weighing on them heavy. On on how do I make sure um, I optimize every single acre and I should say every input on that acre.
2: So, what are some things that they can do now to make the second half of the growing season maybe run a little bit smoother than what they're anticipating?
5: Number one, you know, we got a little bit of a breathing while the crop comes up, and and of course, we got pre's going over the top, and soon we'll be running with posts. I think in most cases, what really is going to be a game changer is what I would say the field forecasting tools or the field monitoring tools. We have a a tool called field forecasting tool, FFT, um, and a a monitoring tool that allows that grower before you can physically see it because of models and algorithms to say, should I put on that fungicide? Should I put on that extra uh, top dress of nitrogen? Um, to optimize those those bushels on that particular acre. And that comes with obviously what we call ag tech tools or R7 suite of tools. And and I think we'll probably have more um, adoption or onboarding because a lot of growers want to be able to forecast or want to be able to, to know uh, the, the certainty and the predictability of those pieces. Um, that would be number one. Number two is obviously a lot of scouting. Um, to reinforce that, and just a lot of conversation with their retail network. Um, I think you'll see a major separation in retail networks of the retail networks that are actually trying to sell something or the ones that are trying to help build solutions for that grower um, for the long term. And and, um, it goes back to how important market intel is. So there are a lot of things that grower can do, you know, study in risk management, There are a lot of risk management programs right now uh, from the insurance, uh, from outcome-based pricing, and there'll be more to come, I think, Susan, because of this type of environment. But studying those are going to be really, really critical.
2: And that's my conversation with Winfield United's Brett Bergerman. By the way, Winfield United is going to move to virtual clinics for farmers in the midst of COVID-19. They're going to release details soon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. The Nebraska Cattlemen wrapping up their four-part series of the Black Swan event. It will take place this Thursday, May 7th at 7 o'clock Central Time. It will discuss meat industry merchandisers. What leverage do they have? To register for the webinar, please go to NebraskaCattlemen.org. Don't worry, if you can't sit down to watch the webinar, you can tune in live starting at 7 o'clock, May 7th, listening to it live right here on KRVN.
1: With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. The major stock indexes were up slightly in morning trading on Wall Street amid more depressing economic data. Private U.S. employers cut more jobs than economists expected last month and Europe is preparing for a recession of historic proportions. Falling bank and energy stocks are being offset by rising technology stocks. Treasury yields rose while crude oil prices fell. A private survey finds that U.S. businesses cut an unprecedented 20.2 million jobs in April as the coronavirus outbreak shut down offices, factories, schools, construction sites and stores. Payroll company ADP says the leisure and hospitality sector shed 8.6 million workers last month. Trade, transportation, and utilities let 3.4 million people go. Construction firms cut nearly 2.5 million jobs, while manufacturers let go of roughly 1.7 million employees. Today's report comes two days ahead of the official monthly figures from the U.S. Labor Department. General Motors' first-quarter net income fell 88%, but it still managed to make $247 million. As the coronavirus began to take hold, U.S. automakers suspended production in much of the world in late March. For GM, that cut quarterly revenue by 6% to $32.7 billion, which was better than expected. The second quarter almost certainly will be worse than the first. Uber says it will lay off 3,700 full-time workers and its CEO will forego pay as the ride-sharing company struggles with the coronavirus. The San Francisco company says the reduction in customer support and recruiting workers will cost it about $20 million in severance and other termination benefits. Uber Technologies Incorporated has already imposed a hiring freeze and has offered up to 14 days of financial assistance to drivers and delivery workers who were diagnosed with COVID-19 or placed in quarantine. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan.
11: Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Keith Glowin. He's an extension educator. And Keith, we're here to talk about the details for an introductory field scout training that's going to be held online on May 13th. Tell us what you got going on.
12: Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, we've done this training since the mid to late nineties. Uh, and we, of course, the law has done it in person, but with COVID-19, uh, we can't meet in person. So we're going to do it online this year. And this is an introductory level training opportunity for typically young people who are in college. Who are going to be scouts for seed companies or armed service centers, co-ops, independent agronomists but they don't know a lot about corn or slaving production. So this is an introductory level training. It's it's a full day training. And hopefully when they've completed this training, they will have some idea what's going on inside the cornfield or, or slaving field.
11: And like you said, this is typically done in person. So can you give us an idea of maybe what these uh, attendees can expect?
12: Sure. One of the first things um, when you go out into a field to scout or a pest, for example, whether it be insects, weeds, or diseases is to have a good handle on the stage of growth of that corn or soybean crop. So we'll spend one full hour right off at the beginning um, covering um, growth and development of the corn and soybean plant. As we know on pesticide labels there are restrictions associated with growth stage. And if you get it wrong, you can really do a lot of damage. So this is an important factor is understanding the growth and development of the crop. Uh, Then we're going to move into diseases that are present out in the field or could be present and what to look for for both crops. Uh, Weed control. Insects, hey, they always raise their ugly head at some point in time during your growing season. And so we'll be covering what insects to look for at different stages of growth and again, how to communicate that back to the person in charge of making that management decision. And we'll conclude the day with a little bit of time talking about nutrient deficiencies and what to look for there.
11: And this program is gonna take place on May 13th. What's the best way that folks can get registered for the program?
12: The best way would be to go to cropwatch.unl.edu. At that website, there will be a, a, a link um, to um, to the field scout training and they click on the link and they register online. the uh, the cost is fifty dollars and we can go from there.
11: Very good, Keith. As you've been out and about, maybe scouting some fields that are just getting planted, is there anything that stood out to you so far?
12: Well, here in eastern Nebraska, we we've been short on, on surface moisture, and there's been a lot of herbicide applied that needs to be incorporated with a rainfall event. We are way ahead of schedule as far as planting the crop, which I'm sure is the case where you're at as well. Um, So uh, that's some good news. And uh, temperatures have been good, so uh, growers need to start scouting for cutworms. Uh, We've had some reports of uh, moth lights and so forth on, on cutworms, so growers need to start looking for that in their fields.
11: All right. Thanks so much. Great information. As always, we've been joined by Keith Glowin. He's a Nebraska Extension Educator talking about the details for the introductory field scout training that will be held online. Again, that'll be May 13th. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers. And you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
8: Radio Network. I'm joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, while the livestock had a really exciting close, pretty lackluster over here on the grain side as we're red across the board, what was in traders' mindsets today trying to get things to come back around?
10: Well, really not much. I mean, there's just not a whole lot here to, to chew on from the bullish side that you can really get your teeth into as far as wanting to put money to work, you know? I think the market is just so terrified of what the USDA is going to project on these WASDE reports, both for beans and corn, uh, in the coming, what, Tuesday report, um, that there just isn't anybody there who wants to stick their neck out and take any risk, especially now that, you know, the weather is given a pretty good window here for planning. I think this probably gives you some opportunities to buy, you know, should the the weather turn. And again, that's impossible to predict here. you know, trading weather markets in the past, they, they tend to just show up on your doorstep with a bad forecast after, you know, a, a good couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I certainly don't think you'd be selling the market right now on yield. It just doesn't feel like, a you know, I mean, it's May 6th, you know what I mean? If it was August 6th, it's a different story. I think in the short run here, you know, until we can get the economy to come back online 100%, you know, we're just going to see rally stifled. But I think right now the pre with the Yauzy combined with the uh, you know the U.S. planning numbers are, I think good to keep keep uh, keep prices somewhat steady here to lower into the Tuesday report. But following that, you know maybe we could talk a little bit about some bullish things coming out of Argentina or Brazil when comes to their production. Um, but other than that, we're just <laughs> shaking my head here, still so just looking for something good to talk about.
8: You know, trying to find some there, what about in the currency side of the trade? Today, we see the U.S. dollar come back around. It's back above 100. This has obviously got to put some more pressure, especially with uh, Brazil, Argentina, just starting to enter into their phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. What does this do for their financial stability?
10: Well, that's not good. And I think, honestly, you saw like record amounts of beans moving out of Brazil a month ago, and... I mean, I'm just, this is conjecture, but I got to think the Chinese knew this was going to hit them and that they need to get their products moving now because they're expecting ports to close at some point. So right now, their their president has been pretty steadfast in shutting down. He's taking the opposite approach that the U.S. did. But um, long run here, you know, currency's got to change for things to get off the mat. In the short run, you know, there might be a knee-jerk reaction to the upside just based off some financial things. But... Um, it's tough to see at this point. I think the only thing that can really help corn from this is the shutdown of the ports, and right now we're we're still open down there.
8: And again, John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Learn more about that newsletter at danielzagmarketing.com. Do you remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss that may not be suitable for all investors.
1: And that'll wrap up today's Midday Program. If you miss any of the content or want to relive anything, you can listen to our Midday Podcast, which is available at krvn.com, or subscribe to our Midday Podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Our Midday Podcast is brought to you by Divini Motor.
5: Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divini, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and the Cook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.